Welcome to Zen One Podcast, a place where we can feel a little bit more connected with one another. Dr. Sully Sullivan, everybody, welcome to this uh, live event uh, where we talk about things that's going on in life of our dental practices with the positive mindset. It's not the place to complain about. We all know what's going on. You can read the news. I don't. I gave up reading news two days ago. I feel really good. I actually got my sleep It's not now. changing. <laughs> so why, why even waste your time on it, right? Exactly. So when I, when I told my team that I really want to get you on the live thing to talk about what's going on is I am worried. I'm really, really worried about some of our friends, some of our, really? um, you know, uh, bring him, bring him in. Like people have, this is the fun part about this thing. Yeah, yeah look at that. Bro. Look at that. This is what this is what our house looks like right now. When you're in quarantine and with with a 15 month old and a dog, and it's only week two. <laughs> yeah, it's a cluster. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. So when I was talking to my team, I'm like, you know, it's 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 great that we have useful information. We bring speakers to talk about what's going on in the industry and things like that. But I'm worried about, like, we're millennials. Like, there's some stuff that's going on that we haven't been through yet. You know, like 2008, oh. I mean, it went by me. I started my first company. I didn't even know what the crisis was. You know, like, all I knew is is something was going on. We're just going to go and get started, and that's about it. So I guess, like, from your perspective, how, like, how do you look at this thing, like, I know you're the kind of guy with, with no BS. You're just going to go as it is, and you will tell us what, what you think. So, uh, And by the way, we get in trouble once for, for my own fault for profanity, so we're going to try to stay away from it. It's a live event that people <laughs> might be streaming in the room with their kids. So, Sally, do your <laughs> best, man. <laughs> it's probably good that you, you get yeah. the, the Do your best. Up. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, you know, you, you bring up a really good point, and I think that's – What's been probably the most interesting about this since the beginning, since it all really started happening a couple of weeks ago or becoming a reality for us, is that, yeah, when 2008 happened, I had no real idea that things were going on. I mean, I was still, um, you know, I had just graduated high, or high school. Yep. So I'm in college, you know, like I'm kind of living the dream in college. Um, I still tied to my parents' insurance and stuff like that. So, you know, you just, you don't, I didn't really know exactly what all was going on. And then we've we've really lived in what you know since then twelve years of just prosperity and economic growth and booming low interest rates all these things that really there's been very little you know it's the the, the challenge of competition but other than that we've had it pretty good and so then all of a sudden this comes in it's like holy cow how do we react. Um, you know, how do we, have we been saving? I think that's a, I think it's going to be a real telltale of like, you know, where people are at on, on what we've done as a generation, as far as like being prepared for something like this. Cause it's something that like we've been talking, we've been told could happen, um, but may never actually happen. You know, my big thing is we can't, at first I was very like, trying to be kind of polarizing with the virus like what do i think what do i think about this that you know and now i've gotten to a good place which i feel like has been helpful and that's aside from what you think about 
the severity of the virus, the severity of the spread, the economic impact, all this stuff, it's very important that we deal with just the reality of the ramifications at bay. And that is that, hey, we're going to be shut down for a while. Um, so we can be pessimistic or we can be op optimistic about that. And I think the big thing is, is trying to plan for the worst, hope for the best. You know, that's what we've tried to do is really start to um, let's be proactive in our thinking. Let's not sit still. Let's not be idle. Let's not be depressed about this. So let's make the decisions that we can based off the information we have and then constantly be reevaluating things, um, you know, to set us up for success. Because the reality is, is we're going to come out of this um, at some point. And there's a lot of dentistry that's going to be need to be done. And so I think it's just it's it's just got to be a a perspective that we we go into it with. Yeah. What's your take on? Do you think it's gonna? So I I'm having discussions with like several um, of my friends about how it's gonna come back for dentistry. And do you think it's gonna be from red to green, or are we gonna hit a little yellow light before it goes to green? <laughs> I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's going to be regional. I really do. I think that's, you know, it's going to be, I think what we're going to see is that areas like New York are going to respond a lot differently than rural Nebraska, or, you know, there's going to be just, just the way that our culture is, the way we're set up, where, where we live, how we interact. I think you're going to just see a, a, it happen differently in different places. Um, there's two kind of, Besides this, one is is what does the the government allow us to do? Okay, like from their perspective, and then two, how does the patient respond? Right, like does how how quickly is the patient ready to have dentistry done? So I've kind of looked at things from both sides from that standpoint. I think that we are going to get. I think they're going to have to give us a give us a green light on expanding this definition of emergency treatment sooner rather than later. Um, you can only allow, you know, healthcare to be stopped for so long, right? Primary mm -hmm. care visits, um, broken teeth, decay. I mean, you can, you can pause on some level profies and stuff like that for longer but on some level, you've got to, you can only, I mean, think about it. We've got a ton of patients in, in the middle of treatment, right? Like where mm -hmm. they're, they're in, they're in temporaries or whatever. And so right now we're in like a very, very strong hold, right? It's like swelling. I mean, and if you really look at like what people are, what we really are supposed to be doing, like it's pretty, it's pretty black or white. I mean, it's like if they're going to the ER, treat them, if not, and like you can make that grayer if you want, I guess, in some areas, but for the, for the general at large, it's pretty, it's pretty emergency or not emergency. Well, that's going to have to expand, I think, the longer this goes. We can't be two months from not doing dentistry and allowing things just to get – because we had, we had patients who had problems that were on the cusp of a root canal that those are going to now turn into a root canal. You know, so like we're, we're, mm -hmm. gonna, we're just going to have that happen. So I think what we're going to see is a very yellow light situation on the, on the dentistry side uh, or on the doctor side. And then I think we will get a green light 
uh, pretty red green on the the elective preventative at some point. Who knows when that is? Um, and then it's just going to be how do the patients respond? And again, I think that's going to be regional, right? Like, you know, I mean, in I was just at my uh, parents' lake house this past weekend doing a little backcountry quarantine. And mm-hmm. up there, dude, it was like life is normal. There's no like, like the golf course was packed, Walmart packed, tractor supplies packed. Like it's like they don't even know what's happening. So I think, you know, they all think it's still like a political hoax or something. So I think that that side, you know, those people are going to be willing to come back quicker than people who are who at ground zero, you know, Chicago, New York, you know, big these big metropolitan cities that naturally are going to get harder. I think patients are going to be way less less ready to come back um, in those areas. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's going to be definitely but interesting. I, I tell you what, I do think though, I do think that we're going to. I think we are going to be busy, though. I think it may look a little different because we may not have full teams. Uh, I think we got to be prepared to not bring back our whole team at once, you know, that we may be running a doctor and some assistants, that sort of thing. But there is going to be a lot of dentistry to do. I mean, like I said, just mm-hmm. to, just from mm-hmm. the just from the broken teeth, the, the cavities, I mean, elective dentistry may take a hit, but, dude, there's going to be a lot of dentistry to, to come back to. Um, and I think then again, it's going to be really important that we were willing to potentially expand hours at the beginning, um, work, work, you know, like I'm planning on working Fridays, like who would have thought that, uh, but being flexible and no how we, yeah, yeah, I'm not kind of, you know, and just being flexible in how we see these patients, because when we get that green light to actually start doing more uh, routine doctor production, we got to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. What are what are what are your thoughts? Like this is what I'm interested. In. I mean, what I'm interested in right now. What do we go through this thing? Yep. As again, as millennials, right? One of the one of the hardest things is how do we manage this? Because I I talk about this with my team a lot too. Like you can make really like this is the moment where your dignity is going to get tested. Either you're a team member, either you're an office manager, either you're a doctor, either you're a business owner or associate, we're going to get tested as millennials as there's no tomorrow. Like, how are you going to respond to things? Yes, you're going to get hit, but how are you going to respond? How are you going to act on these things? Especially for the doctors that are business owners. I mean, we've talked about this yesterday, and I, and I was trying to tell Tim, who was our guest on unemployment and HR and all these things, he's like, People are doing left and right, letting team members go and then bring them back and then go and bring it back because this Care Family Care Act that's going to be launching today. And then there's this and there's that. And I'm like, like, you might be like just turning 30, right? And, and you just graduated from dental school and you have an office and you're like, holy guacamole, like all that on top of your shoulders. And then you get home and then you got kids and, and significant other and then you have to deal with it. and like you're going to get majorly tested as a leader right now and you may bend. Yeah. So I think what's, what's really going to define it is it's going to show us who's got hustle and who doesn't have hustle. Um, because when, you know, when I, like, Tiger, I was, like, we talk about this off, off the air, just when we're together and whatnot, there's, there's something about certain people 
that just have that ability to grind and make it. And so like, I look at you and I'm like, you know what? There's no issue. The Tigers are coming out of this. Okay. Right. Because you have mm-hmm. some sort of intangible quality. That's like, I'm going to sacrifice and do what I have to do to be successful. Um, you know, right now you're right. That, that means a 30 year old in an owner position who has to figure out how to navigate all these different stuff. Now, the good part is, is we're really not being like left on an Island. I mean, if, if you look at all the stuff that's getting passed, I mean, gosh, if, if, if we, we know we can defer loans, we know we can defer mortgages and rent. Most banks are all doing that. So if, if, if you laid off your team, which I think is the appropriate decision right now, because we know we're getting, I mean, shoot, they're going to get in Tennessee, 875 a week. Um, you know, which is good money right now, given everything. Um, and the and, and the $1,200 check per person. And a $1,200 check. And then the PPP stuff's coming into play for the eight weeks of things there. You know, on our employees, assuming you, you take the right initiative and you, and you implement these and do this in a, in a good way, which again, that takes you researching, reaching out to your peers. I mean, gosh, I have two groups of like, two different couple groups of like 10 or 12 doctors, you know, we're, we're sharing information, bouncing stuff off each other. I mean, this is where you, it really is awesome to have a community, right. Mm-hmm. To have mm-hmm. a like-minded individuals that you can lean on. I mean, I mean, I've been texting, you know, you obviously know team is a big mentor to him every day. And we're, we're relaying that down to our mastermind groups, et cetera, because we're, you know, we're staying and that community is so helpful because someone make, like we got, if you think between 10 dentists in a text thread, that may be 10 different CPAs, 10 different advisors. So we're getting just an overwhelming wealth of information that we're sharing with each other to help out. So I can't imagine going through this on an island. I mean, I think that's a big, a big takeaway too is, you know, if you feel like that, then trying to plug yourself into community of young dentists because that's where I think us as a generation can really kind of band together, so to speak, and work through it. Um, then, you know, once you figure that out and you get your team situated and you've deferred a lot of this stuff, you really can start to get your overhead down to very minimal, which means, yeah, there's no money coming in, but there's not a lot of money. There's not a lot of expenses either. And at that point, then it just gets down to like, like we were when we started, you know, you're, you're, you're willing to eat ramen noodles to cut back eating out, you know, to cut back doing, spending money on whatever. And and shoot, we're all quarantined anyway. So it's like, how much? That's dude. Like that's so right. That's what I'm. Yeah, it's not like somebody's gonna put on Insta that they're in a boat. You know, like we're all sitting home. Oh. <laughs> right. So like, I mean, I could spend money on Netflix and crap like that. And like, ultimately, we should be able. Not only should is our income obviously being drastically. I mean, like, like I'm not gonna get a paycheck for a month, right? I mean, other than money that's just mm-hmm. in the, in the bank. But like, my expenses should also basically drastically be decreasing so i think it's important to uh and and that's where i think it's going to be a defining moment for our generation because we we either we will either cower and um not be fit for ownership in which case i think we'll see did sell their practices uh or just give up or you know and then and the corporate wave will continue to to grow or I think we there'll be a lot of us that really, really take advantage of it. And if anything, um, it can be a blessing in disguise. I mean, you know, assuming we get back 
let's let's say assuming we can really start doing some doctor production in May. Okay, so that's another month um, that it's cooled down enough to, to which I think that they're going to have to let us do some sort of more emergent type care. Okay, and if that's the case, we're running a small team. That's you know emergent care is productive dentistry. You know we got to think about that too, Tiger. And you know hygiene is not a big producer for us, right? It's it's crowns, root canals, uh, you know extractions, and so a lot of the emergent stuff. The stuff that we're going to get allowed to do initially is going to be pretty productive stuff. So, you know, assuming you can weather that initial storm, this 30 days could be an amazing time for you to retrospectively look at last year, you know, learn more about your practice, learn more about your overhead, learn more about, you know, the way the way you do things. I mean, right now there is more free CE and information than ever before. Um, and so I think that you, that there's, you know, and I'll be honest, I'll be honest. Last week I was kind of depressed. I was like, I don't want to watch any webinars, you know, and I just had to get over that mental hump, right? I had to get over the, okay, let's get beyond this and like, let's get back on track. And now mm -hmm. everything is, mm -hmm. we're moving forward. And that's, I think there's just, that's going to be a mental thing that most of our, our peers have to do is, is take a second to like, deal with it but at some point you've got to you got to put a foot in the sand and say this is what we've given dealt how can we make the most of it so that when we come back we're and that's what i told my team you know i've been really trying to stay in touch with my team and encourage them because andrew you know, when we do come back i need them yeah i need them ready to go you know and uh and so they've been they've been they've been cool with that so can we talk about that mental hump that you had last week yeah, of course. What made you to get into it? Like, what? How did you talk yourself into it? Uh, you know, I think I was a little overwhelmed with dealing with trying to figure out the the HR part of it, right? Like, just how do you you realize you've got like in our case eleven families that essentially are leaning on decisions that I'm making. Um, you know, I struggled with the with the layoff. Because to me, I didn't like the optics of it. I felt like I was giving up. Uh, I felt like I was letting my team down, like I should be carrying them. Um, and that's where having, I think, mentors was really helpful. Um, because I've realized since then that it has nothing, it was more probably a pride thing for me, and that it's really more of a strategy than anything. And I think that's important that people get is that, like, both the team members and the doctors, like, because it's not easy on us doctors or, you know, people who are leaders and owners, any owning potential to have to go, like, that's not something we want to do. But I also know that it's super important that in six weeks, eight weeks, whenever it is that, that we get going again, we gotta, I gotta be there. You know, we gotta have a job for them to come back to. Um, and so there's, there's just, there's, there's a strategy to how can I maximize things for my employees? maximize things for the business um for all of us to weather the storm and and i think once i got over that that was helpful you know part of it is too is just the overwhelm of like you know how long could this go on you know um and then there's probably as you were saying there's probably a, some uncertainty on the team members too i'm just like out of out of nowhere this thought came in like imagine if you're a team member and a doctor is trying to hold on to you as, as a whole team and as a team member, how do you know how much reserves they got? Like, 
maybe unemployment is the safe route just to go and make sure that you can then bring that check to the table because you don't know if the dentist and, and the office had enough um, cash flow to start saving money before this whole thing started. Right. And, and like we like we were we were in a lucky position on some level because we are about to build this new building. Right. So we've been saving a lot of cash for the new building. So this may delay us a little bit on that because we may run through some of that cash. But we were a little more uniquely prepared because we had done that. A lot of dental offices, especially when you're starting investing in technology and equipment and all this stuff, it's not uncommon to for a practice to kind of live and run paycheck to paycheck. and and you know what you can't have is you can't have the practice going under if the practice goes under no one has jobs right like that like that's that has to be discussed i mean that's not a mean thing to say but if the practice doesn't make it no one makes it um mm-hmm. and then you know and then and then and then i think for me it was i told my team i said we're we're everyone's going to get through this we'll, we will get through this but i also know that the government's going to help us and we're somewhat foolish to try to basically not take and utilize their money, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're passing all these bills, and so that's where the strategy comes into is like, hey, let's 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 use this and leverage this because if if we get to a point where I run out of my money, you know, then well, that you're, you're we're stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a question that came in. Um... So as what advice do you have for millennial dental staff, like dental teams? What can we learn from this? Like you and I talked about primarily about what's going on in a in the dentist head and the business owner head, but as a as a our generation team member. So the biggest one I think is uh expanding your skill set. So just like us as dentists, like right now for like the young millennial dentist, when you come back, if you've got a pretty expanded skill set you're going to be able to survive because if you can do root canals, if you can see kids, if you can do extractions, if you can do whatever, then look, there's going to be dentistry to do. You can, you can survive. It's the same thing with employees. The people that bring more to the table that, that can wear multiple hats, you know, they, they have a significant advantage over people and not to be uh, negative or not to be, I'm trying to word that. I think there's just a reality that there are certain people will have to come back in certain roles. I, I don't think we're going to have like a green light, red light to your point, uh, the whole team's back. And so, you know, people that can wear, you know, that, that can help, that can assist, that can answer the phone, that can call insurance, that can schedule patients that know how to take x-rays, that know how to that do a lot of things that are very well cross-trained. Um, that is, that's going to continue to be important. It's also the same thing as just even once we get on this crisis, people that are cross-trained are so much more valuable anyways. So it's a great opportunity for those people who have their own free time to be figuring out and learning and, and, and using these webinars or going in and learning from uh, someone else in the office. You know, maybe you're an assistant. You know, can you, can, is, do you have somebody uh, in your office right now that's at the front office filing insurance claims that you could go and learn from them? during this downtime, you know, if it, if it makes sense and your doctor's cool with it. But to me, that's a, that's what I would like to see more of is like, you know, how can they also leverage this time? Now, the second, the kind of the flip side of that, that I would encourage them to do is, and this is what I've told my team to do is be ready to make the same sacrifices. 
um, you know, as soon as we started getting into this, you know, I told them, I said, hey, you need to be calling your banks, you know, see if you can get your mortgages deferred, see if you can get your whatever payments deferred, you know, if your credit card companies will, will give you forgiveness or, or you, know, you, you need to be taking the same proactive steps that we're doing, um, because ultimately that's how we all are be more prepared and, and weather, weather the storm. Yeah. I think to your point, one of the biggest things for me was too is is just realize and and admit that I wasn't the one who created the virus, right? So like I, I didn't call it in. So like let's just figure out how to get through this together. I right. think that's that's the big message that that you have. No, exactly. And and again, there's there is help coming, but like you know, even let's take the CARES PPP stuff, like that's still going to be like a process, right? Like we still got to, hopefully we can get all that filled out this week. But then like, we don't know when the money's going to get there, when things are going to, are going to transpire, shoot how your doctor's going to utilize that or what his advisors are telling him. And so I just think that as a team member, it's important to, again, keep the same kind of, Hey, let's be optimistic. But at the same time, let's continue to prepare and, and make, you know, basically good decisions that that help help the team right that help the practice because if all of us are are willing to to live off a little less gosh the amount of stress that that helps across the board you know is really really you know important yeah i I know i know a doctor who's like had some of his team members be like hey we're good right now like my husband's you know retired or has had a pension or and like, we've got the money, I'd rather not take a paycheck during this time. So you can help so and so out more, you know, whatever, like that's how that for team members, right, for sticking together. And so I just think it's it's those type things that, again, the more that we can be self sufficient, then the better that's going to help all each individual team make it through. Yeah, you know, it's back to that same point about being the leaders. I think um, one of the one of the things is is that that's going to play out right now is number one, how much th- that leadership uh, foundation have you built with your team before? It's all going to come out now, oh, right? Gosh, so yeah. if if you have been a really good leader, well, you're going to be fine. If you've been a part of my language, pretty shitty leader, then it's going to be really really difficult, like to keep the team and things like that. And I think. That's going to come out pretty strong. And the second one, too, is, um, you know, like that that whole um, communication within a team, like how do you communicate, right? Like how do you do, learn to deliver the tough news, right? How do you say, okay, so when we do come back that we hit that yellow, I do need like Sully and this person or, or that person to come back, but you're going to have to wait until we fully go into the green, right? Or another tough uh, thing is going to be, most likely when we do come back, like the CDC will put so many guidelines and requirements on how we see patients, like just to take my one man opinion, I have no idea what's what if it's going to be true or not. But even sport tests that we do once a week right now are required to do once a week, it's just going to be like Canada once a day, like you're going to have to do it. Right. And so how do we prepare for things like that and make sure that the team members when they come back too, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be totally different. In the way yeah. we do things, and and I mean, to your point, we really need to take this time to learn and get prepared for things like that when when we do need to come back and hit the yellow or the green. Right. No, I think I think. Yeah, you're right. 
I hope you're wrong on some of that, by the way. You know, you're, you probably aren't. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how things change and how, what kind of guidelines and restrictions happen. You know, probably some of that, so much of that will depend on, you know, what we find out, you know, more about this, this virus and stuff like it. Um, but yeah, I, I just think there's got to be a, a level of flexibility that, that we all have. You know, you, when you go back to your leader point, this also is an opportunity to really become a leader. You know, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's easier to be a leader in the good times. Um, and, you know, you could have, you can have been a, you know, shoddy leader, so to speak, and still have now an opportunity to be a better one. And I think that's, you know, a big take home is that now more than ever, you know, team members are looking to whoever they're working for to provide guidance, right? Whether you turn on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Facebook, all this stuff, it's it's a lot of fear. Um, you know, there's a lot of unknown. And so I think it's very important that we're honest, open, and transparent with them, but also project, you know, that it's going to be okay, that we're going to get through this. Because I, I, I really believe that. Like, I think that is... For the for overarching offices, majority of offices, that's going to be the theme. Um, and thank the government's doing way too much to help, you know, prop mm-hmm. up a lot of that to help mm-hmm. us. That I think that yes, it will be a little different, and you have to be flexible, but it's going to be okay. And I I really believe that it's important that we we are honest with them. We don't lie to them, um, but at the same time, you know, we let them know that because. Again, at some point, we're going to be given like full green light. And, and some offices are going to be very prepared for that, and some won't be. And once we get that, maybe it's July, maybe it's August, who knows when that full green light is. Dentistry is not going away. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not. Like, people are, need, people need, we're going to need hygiene. We're going to need front office. We're going to need assistance. We're going to need everybody. So like there's going to be um, and there's going to be an excess of stuff because of the backlog that we've had. So, mm-hmm. yes, it may be it may be slow, but I think that once we get to that point, um, it'll be there. So that's what I'm trying to do is constantly keep my team sharp um, by having some weekly kind of meetings, touching base on things and then um, encouraging them and but also being realistic that, hey, this could go on to May, even in May, it may be part of the team, not all the team. Um, but hey, that's okay. Like that, that, that we're all going to still get through it. We'll think we'll cross those bridges. When we come to it. You know, I'll be, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, Tiger, I've been a little annoyed with a lot of the governing bodies, um, even governors and on some level, um, just everybody about, the need to project further along than two weeks or so. Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't see the the benefit of it. Like certain States, you know, saying we're going to be closed for dental, you know, till end of May or June. And I understand the, Hey, let's plan for the worst. But at the same time, we just don't know what two weeks looks like, you know? Exactly. I mean, that's a lot of time. And I mean, we've got the smartest people in the world working on uh, ways to combat it. Um, you know, I think that the weather turning 
nationwide is going to have an impact. You know, I mean, as we move into summer, typically these type of viruses don't do great. So that's going to be helpful. Um, so, you know, I just, I think that's been something that's been annoying to me. And so we've, at our office, we really lived on a, hey, we're going to, we're taking this almost week by week or every two weeks by two weeks, because that's just, it's just really, we don't have any more information than that. I agree with you. I agree at least on the point that nobody has a crystal ball. Right. We just, I mean, as honest as we can get is we know probably for a week, like, shoot, man, we had three emergency plans at our company, right? Like to talk about like, okay, so we're going to do this. No, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And it's always adjusting. Like an emergency plan is just readjusting things the way you do. Somebody does this. Maybe next time we're going to do a different role. I agree with you. It's, it's, a, it's a week by week thing that, that we're going to have to tackle. Um, I also do want to bring back that point that you said about the spending. So if I think you and I talked on your podcast about a year ago about like you know, like the, not to get too, too negative about this, but like dentistry is, is pretty high up in the suicide rate. And, you know, like we've talked about that the biggest reason why it happens is, is that, that there's just so much stress, right? And the stress caused between what you have in the office and what you have at home. And then, you know, the drive between the, the, the home and the, and, the, and the office is usually when you're just by yourself and thinking about things. Right. And so... I think maybe it is a good time to actually sit down and, and start cutting back on things and having honest conversations about, look, like these things will be happening. Like, I mean, some people said that you can't go for like not speaking about the virus or talking about the economical impact of this. Like we were technically started to preparing for this, like at least discussing these things about two to four years ago or four to two years ago, like that possibly the economy might go down and things like that because it always goes in the cycles. And so I think this is just another wake-up call. And especially when people put things on millennials and on us, like on our generation, saying like we complain about the latte that's not like closing properly and we create a, a big thing right. like thing out of it or like the, the milk is not the right choice. So, I mean, to some degree, it's true, uh, maybe because we haven't lived through it, but hopefully for, for us too, like, I mean, so I haven't been in Starbucks in two weeks now. So big deal, right? So I don't have my favorite coffee. So you just brew it at home. So hopefully that will even up some some things in our lives too. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing I've been doing, um, which kind of sounds kind of cheesy, but it, it's been really good. But I, a couple of months ago, I had started um, kind of getting into trying to do some meditation. Like, mm -hmm. you know, as a leader, try to like be more even keel with just what would happen at the office with the patients or sometimes with the team and not trying to be so reactive. Uh, and it's, it's funny. It's been like incredibly helpful. Um, and gr it's been really, really great for me just during all this stuff, because it's allowed me to be, I don't know, not just be less reactive and be less up down emotionally about stuff and know that, Hey, it's okay. So, you know, I downloaded the, uh, I don't know, the Calm app, um, mm -hmm. you know, which is like a great deal. And they have like all these like guided meditations and stuff like, so that's kind of how I started. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, it's amazing how like 10, 15 minutes a day, just resting in the moment and, you know, that, Hey, it's, it's okay right now. And that I don't have to 
because gosh, we are so. If, I, I think millennials are bad about it too. We're just so we want to project and plan and like have it all lined up and figured out. And it's like this is just one of those times where we can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. So being able to step back, live in the moment, you know, and just breathe in that has been, gosh, incredibly, incredibly helpful, you know, for me. That's awesome. So that's what's your What's your routine? Well, I try to do it in the mornings, you know, with a uh, with Hugh, a little Hugh man run around that can be a little challenging. But typically, I try to do it in the mornings. I try to get up, uh, get him out of bed, and then kind of feed him breakfast, and I'll have coffee and kind of do that. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, and, and even gosh, even when you're just, I found that like in the heat of a moment or the heat of the day, when there's something going on, if you can just take, gosh, a couple of minutes just to, to sit back and just breathe and think on that before reacting, it, it, it is just, it's great. So uh, I think that's something that that really people because look we if there's something we know we've got over the next couple of weeks it should be time um, mm-hmm. it should be a lot of personal time so I think it, it's you know when you talk about the suicide stuff that's a real deal you know depression's a real deal right now with all this stuff I mean the, I just looked at the stock market just to see I mean it's another it's a terrible day you know it's going to be a terrible probably couple of weeks until it. At some point, it's gonna make a turn, and life will go on. Like we will, like that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the moment, being able to <clears throat> rest and it being out of your control, and being learning to be okay with that, um, is really gonna help people as we go through these coming weeks. Because otherwise if you if you try to control it and you try to micromanage it and you keep the news on every single day and you're constantly on facebook and you're doing all this stuff and you're living with that it's just going to constantly infuse you know fear negativity and all these things yeah i totally agree um i'm going to take a couple of questions from people um yep how about the patients that will have the aerosol fear after the practice open back up? How do we make sure that patients feel safe in our practice? I think it's all about it's all about um, the way we handle that. I mean, we we've always been an office that's used dry shield, um, and we've we've had great great luck with that. And you know, the mouthpieces, isolates the other one that a lot of people use. You know, I think we'll probably use that more now than ever, just because it'll be a great thing to discuss with patients when they have those questions like hey we actually you know use this and like there's a lot of literature that shows that it's reducing so much of that aerosols because of the you know the way the suctions work and that sort of thing of having uh of of well to your point about what you were saying about how we may have more guidelines i think patients are going to be way more curious about how we do things now so i think it's just a matter of spinning what we've a lot of what we've all always done just being more proactive about being um, encouraging our patients with the confidence that it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably not just a couple more questions. The one that I have for you is let's just say I used that example yesterday. So let's just say I'm a dentist. I had a startup um, and I was lucky enough to start it in the last six months. Uh, everything was good up until this point, and holy cow, what happened? I had to let my team go. 
and with all the new stuff that's coming out, you know, I'm a little bit on Facebook, but technically, what are my options? Like, if I know that I have a month, how would I say, okay, I just heard Dr. Sally say, just sit back, reevaluate your practice, look at the last year, look at the things and see, like expand your skill set, like that, that concept that you said. So where would I start? Like, like, is it a spreadsheet that I need to sit down and evaluate? Buck Tiger to get my cell phone number to contact him? Like, what, what, like, where do I start? Okay, so that's a, that's a lot of good places to start there, I think. Okay, so I'll break it down in two ways. I think one is we need to have a plan um, for the seven to 10 days prior to the green light. Okay. And green then we, yellow. well, whatever call yellow, yellow light. Okay. When, whenever they released, whenever we go from complete emergency treatment to some other option. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, that's going to be most likely at least a month from when we were really running on a normal. Okay. So we need to be together with our team, being prepared, going over schedule, going over things so that we come back and we're firing on all cylinders. Um, up until that point, we need to be making sure that we've, we have followed up on all outstanding insurance claims, that we have um, evaluated, I think overhead's a big one, kind of where, what we did last year, where were we, you know, where were we spending money? Was it good use of money? Um, did our marketing work? Did it not work? Uh, developing a, a strategy from all that perspective, because what I think people miss is that if you if you don't do that now, as soon as we get back going, I think when we get back going, the doctor is going to be busy. And if the doctor and the front office are busy specifically, that means that a lot of this auxiliary stuff that kind of gets done in the down days, et cetera, there's not going to be much time to do that stuff. So I think it's very important that a lot of those things are taken care of now so that when we get going, we may not have as many team meetings, you know, because we're trying to see patients. So like, but shoot, we should be having all that done, you know, right now. So if there's things that you want to implement, tweak, uh, for instance, like say you want to start taking photos on all your new patients or existing patients, like with like DSLR cameras, like now is the time to implement that. Now is the time to do that. To me, developing a strategy of, okay, what's our, or how can we be better in the time off? And then a strategy for, hey, we are seven days away or you know one week away from where we can kind of go. What does that look like? What's the schedule look like? How are we, how are we planning on you know, seeing patients and doing that? Mm-hmm. And, and on just on that, while, we, while we're on a subject, how, would you, how do you typically recommend it? I mean, you're, do you have a couple of masterminds and you guys talk about business quite a, quite a lot. How do you look back and say, I need to improve my skills? Like, where does it start? Like, where, or expand my skill set? So the, first, the very first one that I, I tell everybody to do always is annual patient value. So uh, it's super easy to do. Take your 2019 collections and divide that by how many patients you saw like your active patient count basically. So um, just to give you like an example, let's say that you have a million dollar practice and you saw, uh, let's say 2000 unique patients. 
that means that your annual patient value is $500, meaning every patient essentially is worth $500 to you on a yearly basis. To me, I love that number because it tells you a lot about what you're getting out of each patient. Okay. So a practice that say does a lot of general dentistry, very bread and butter dentistry, not a lot of expansive procedures, um, or, you know, very real hygiene heavy or, uh, not a lot of technology or something, something like that. They tend, they're going to be tend to be a lower number. Okay. So maybe you're only getting two, three, $400 out of a patient. The flip side is, is that if you've got a very high number, then that means that you're doing a really good job of extracting more out of patients. So just I'll give you a perspective. Ours, ours runs, and I think we're a pretty good example of a, a higher running office because we, between my dad and I, we do a lot of procedures, right? Implants, periosurgery, adult ortho, kids, root canals, Botox, Juvederm, gum surgery, like sedation, IV sedation. Like we cover a gamut of things. So instead of Tiger, you coming in and needing a root canal, me saying I can't do it, I just referred money out. It stays in our office, right? So we typically run right around a thousand dollars per patient. Um, that also means that we're presenting a lot of treatment to patients because if you don't present the treatment, then they can't say yes to it, right? And that's where stuff like photography, uh, you know, we Tebow and I talk a lot about that. You know, that when you look at case acceptance, I think the real problem a lot of offices have is they don't diagnose enough dentistry. They don't actually tell patients they need the dentistry that they, that's actually going on. Um, cone beam CT is huge for that. Uh, you know, so so <clears throat> to me, that's a great way to look at it because if you look back at last year and you're like, gosh, we only average $350 per patient, then your practice has an unbelievable amount of opportunity to improve. And it's going to improve in two ways. One, you got to expand your clinical skill set. And then two, you've got to um, start utilizing technology, be it photos, comb beam, you know, any diagnostic tool that you can to show patients more opportunities for more dentistry. And I'm not, I'm not talking about being over diagnosis. That's like, I, I, I like it under diagnosis when it comes to like cavities like that, but it's just, it's giving patients the opportunity to say yes to the best, showing them they've crowded teeth. Like mm -hmm. if you just, if you just talk to crowded teeth with every patient that had crowded teeth, you'll probably have more people say yes to ortho. But mm -hmm. if you never talk to them about it, then you're going to do see less. So, so I love that number. Now, one caveat to take into account with that number though, when you look at it, is it, it can vary whether you're an insurance-based practice or a fee-for-service practice. So insurance-based practice, um, you know, that number will, will be lower just because your fees are lower. So it's going to be harder to be higher up, but you've got more patients typically, so it extrapolates higher versus if you're a fee-for-service. If you're a fee-for-service, you really want that number to be higher because if it's not, then you're not mm -hmm. getting the benefit of your fee-for-service. Right. Um, most doctors when would listen to you right now and say, yeah, right. Like, we don't know when this whole thing comes back and we don't know how to afford it. Do you think it's a good time to actually reach out to the vendors and try to get a deal? Uh, uh, yes and no. I think it's important. To, I think 
I think the first thing we got to figure out is, okay, is, and, and it's going to depend for people, right? I mean, how much do you have saved? How big is your base that you're coming back to? Um, you know, I think once we know more, again, this is the whole, like, let's not extrapolate out more than what we know. Then I think that, yes, it could be a really good opportunity. I'm telling you, the doctors that come out of this and are willing to risk more on their own education, being pushing their skill set and pushing technology and all that will be 10 times. Do that. Do what? Yeah. And their team skill set. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. The ones that do that will fly out of this. The ones that Mm -hmm. hug down, right. That start trying to cut costs, get their overhead down to 30%, like just doing just stupid stuff, like start doing their own hygiene and stuff like that. Like, those are the offices that are going to struggle and struggle and it will take them so much more time to climb out. So I think yeah. that there's a balance of not being overly confident, but being willing to continue to bet on yourself, bet on your practice, bet on your team. And I think the ones that do that, once we get going, will they'll like, they'll never even experience a recession. I mean, they just, mm-hmm. they'll, like, like, and I, like, I'm confident in saying that, like, not to brag about us, but like, we have like, such a killer team, and and we are, we're so ready that like our mindset's going to be, I, I don't want to, don't think we will, and won't really let us even let it happen that we will have a significant dip. I just, I just won't. I just we will will our way through it, you know. Yeah. Whereas some people are going are really going to, they're going to try to cut back so much stuff. Uh, it inhibits their own growth. If you're the team member and you're listening to this um, and you're like, all right, I want to help my doctor. I want to help my office. Cause most, I know most dental assistants are, 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 are amazing people. Most of them that are listening to this, they're just having all these questions and they want to get, get to get to this. So if, for example, somehow they figured out that number of 500 to, you know, that's what they did or, even just simply listening to you saying, all right, I want to build my skill set as a team member so that when we come back, we're ready to go. So what are the clinical or non-clinical things, or maybe like one, two, three in clinical and one, two, three in non-clinical, like, what are your, what are your thoughts for the team? Perfect. So I think there's a couple, I think, um, uh, that couple that jump out at me. One, um, if they're already like a Zen client or, you know, whether that that's a huge opportunity, right? I mean, like Tiger, how much time do I spend with Zen? Like, do I spend any time? Like, do I even know you what's going probably on? not as much, but Andrea. Oh yeah. And, well, that's my point is, is Andrea yeah. literally like, she's like a freaking, she's an all-star. Like she lives on, she knows everything about this. Right. So the amount of time that buys me by not having to deal with anything as it relates to supplies, inventory, pricing, all that stuff is huge because this is like my big thing. I always say this. We only have so much bandwidth, right? Like we can only handle so much at one time. And if you start focusing on something else, then something else suffers. Unless you empower team members to take ownership of things so that when you move as the doctor somewhere else, that doesn't suffer. So like that's a great example. Like Andrea's taken that over so well that like I don't even know what's happening. Um, I think adult ortho is another one that's huge. Um, Celeste in our office does all of our ortho stuff. You know, whether it's uh, we use six we use six plus miles, 
um, their clear liners and their brackets and wires. Um, but a lot of team members, I mean, gosh, right now, I'm sure all these companies like, you know, ClearCorrect, Invisalign, SureSmile, whatever it is, six months miles, they're probably doing all, all doing tons of free webinars, tons of free CE. And then if they are offering courses, I guarantee you there's tons of discounts. So like, that's a great way to um, improve your, your skill set because like, I don't even see, I mean, like the ortho part, the, the role I play again is like very minimal. Uh, sleep's a huge one. Um, we talk a ton about sleep in, 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 in our practice. And uh, that's a very, very team driven thing. Again, team members can learn a ton about sleep right now, just with online CE. Uh, that if, if those are conversations they can start having with, with patients that ultimately lead to production. Um, obviously, we have some ex- expanded function assistance. I mean, that's kind of a, an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a bigger expense, but I mean, is is a huge um, possibility there. You know, I think I think those are the big ones. Uh, anything that 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 team members can take off the doctor's plate is very helpful. Oh, 3D printing is a big one. You know, there's going to be a lot of offices now have 3D printers. That's an unbelievable area for team members to take the load off the doctor and, and really carry a lot. I mean, Andrea does all that too. She basically handles everything with Zen and like all, I don't even know like how to 3D print anything. Like she does it all. So it's just okay. a, and, and there's going to be a lot of cool opportunity with 3D printing, obviously, because of the lower cost and being able to save us money. So that's another area where um you know when, when anything that assistants specifically can do to help cut down on lab costs is only providing themselves with more job security um you know the better they can get at staining and glazing like we're a big seric office right so like they could be getting better at that man i'm coming up with some good ones over here dude this is awesome you know if you don't mind my team um irene and my team will send you the this list at the end like, or yeah. after this call, would you be able to put some company names or like the resources that assistants can actually go in and try to find it? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, okay. of course. That'd be of awesome. Course. Yeah. And I think another one, I don't know if Andre is watching or not. We need to bring her on this thing. No, you do. Yeah. She's, she's a rock star. Yeah. So if she's, I mean, I don't know, I'm looking at the list. I don't know. There's somebody with an, with an A from Nashville. Maybe that's her. So, Andre, if you're watching, I'll tell Irina to reach out to you and bring her in. Like, <laughs> she's gonna kill me. <laughs> but you no, gotta be honest. No, she's awesome. Like I remember, uh, I came to your office and you're like, you don't need to talk to me. You didn't talk to her. No. She comes back with like, you want feedback? All right, let's go. Boom. <laughs> but it, but it's been great, right? Because like, how how empowering is that is for you, you know, to get something straight from the people on the ground that yeah. are dealing with it every day. And like, dude, she's, she's told me like multiple times how like some of the conversations y'all had that day have had like significant impact on the workflow or the way they do things. And like, that's what it's ultimately all about. Um, but, but, but that's the thing. I think to doctors listening, you have to give your people opportunities to flourish. Um, you just can't micromanage everybody. And we've all got really good people and really good team members. And when you allow them to kind of get in that position and, and flourish, you know, it, it does really, everybody wins. I mean, the team members win, we win, they make more money. I make more money. Like it's just, it's just a better overall vibe at the office. Mm-hmm. Last question. Uh, actually two more leadership. Uh, do you have a quote that you go by? 
a quote. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Or a book. I like Leaders Eat Last. That's a good one, Simon Sinek. Um, I'm trying to think what other books that I've read. You know, I really don't have a quote. I probably should have a quote. There's one good one I, I'll, I'll send you. I, I'm trying to remember. John, uh, not the, the guy who did the Southwest, uh, the Kellier. Yeah, yeah. Something like powers reserved to pulling boats and something. And uh, with teams, it's like uh, with the leadership, it's all about encouragement. Some Something like that. So I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Okay, I do have one good one that I probably do kind of live my life uh, that I think pertains okay. to leadership, and that's so it's from Spider Man of all of all movies, but but when uh, when when the old guy's like about to die or whatever, he like looks at young Spider Man, he's like, "With great power comes great responsibility," and I think that that is a that is a very important thing when you have when you have um, team members and you have and you're in a sense of authority that comes with a, a significant amount of responsibility and i think in times like we are right now that is magnified more than ever and so it's important to remember that you know we are all very blessed to be in those positions to have people that come to work and work for us and work hard for us and those sort of things but that carries a weight to it that i think is important that we constantly um, remind ourselves because i would be nothing you know without them um i mean literally I would everything would crumble without my team. So uh, I think that's a pretty good one. Spider Man. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, uh I really I'm 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 grateful for having you. Um not Always, just on this webinar or anything in my life as a friend. Uh we've we've done a lot of cool stuff together and, and we've been through a lot of cool events together. As uh-huh. we continue to grow professionally, I look forward to you know, just continue the friendship and, and watch you do amazing things and great things in life. And I know you will. You have a good heart. Um, and hopefully before the end of, um, you know, us sitting home and, and just trying to get through this, maybe we'll bring you one more time just to talk about that getting ready. Maybe we are, maybe we will know when that seven to 10 days will be for sure. And then we'll talk again. Okay, let's hit the ground running. So. Like, what do we need to do and things like that? So it'd be awesome to have you back. Yeah, man, for sure. Anytime. And uh, this is fun, buddy. And, and same to you. I think that uh, we're all we're all lucky to have the support of each other. I think it's a, it's a big part that's going to make us all get through this. So thank you, man. Blessed to have you. All right. Talk soon. All right. Thank you. Goodbye.